I'll read I'll read your long ass bio, which I probably should have shortened <laughs> a bit. <laughs> There's only one line. I would trust Lucinda and Lucinda Literary with my life. Oh yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> with with my life. With the uh, yeah. You said that once. No, I can give you a small one. I mean don't No, read a no, long no. Thing. I, I I like okay. the one. Here. All right. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Lucinda Halpern to the pod. Uh, Lucinda is a literary agent with nearly 20 years of experience in both the publicity and agency sides of publishing. Before founding her own literary agency, she worked in the publicity division of HarperCollins, where she assisted on the media campaigns of Freakonomics and other best-selling titles. She later worked in a marketing role in sales and marketing at Scholastic. Did you do any book fairs? I don't mean to interrupt the bio, but was that a thing that you had, <laughs> I actually had got any involvement with? Costume. I actually was asked to wear a Clifford costume. Oh, oh man. <laughs> the, best that, that, en- the best entry-level experience you can imagine. That that <laughs> sentence you just said about the Clifford costume is the biggest nostalgia trip I've had in a long time. But anyway, back to the bio. As a literary agent at Lucinda Literary, Lucinda has worked with publishers like HarperCollins, Penguin Random House, Simon & Schuster, Macmillan, and Hachette, and currently represents me. Hi! And other other authors, <laughs> New York Times and international best-selling authors. Her new book, which is absolutely fantastic, I absolutely love it. It just came out. It's called Get Signed find an agent, land a book deal, and become a published author. Adam Grant recently called the book, quote, the definitive guide to attracting an agent and laying the groundwork for a book well worth publishing. Lucinda, literary agent extraordinaire, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Chris, thank you. I'm smiling so wide because so much fun to do this with you. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's weird, kinda in a way that you're you're the author now. Yeah. Just for this moment, yeah. Just I, for a I'll fleeting. What's it like, kind of making that jump from uh, being an agent to being an author? Has this been kind of interesting to see the other side of things? This has been totally eye opening and in the very best way because my compassion for authors and my care for authors has completely transformed. Mm. Um, you know, as you know, my agency, we always pride ourselves on being attentive to authors, very hands-on. Yeah. This is a new level of vulnerability. That means mm. I can really understand where authors are when they're sitting and waiting to hear back, you know, on their material and among other yeah. publishing things that come up. So it's been mm. really transformative. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. A whole new level of kind of empathy of, of the experience. Um, the, the, the approach I thought would be most helpful for listeners is, uh, for us to chat about kind of what a literary agent is. I feel that that whole idea might be foreign to a lot of people. Um, and also kind of what the traditional publishing process looks like. Cause I, I feel a lot of people listening to this might not really have that knowledge. Like everybody's a reader on, on this podcast. Um, we talk about books all the time. Um, but people 
maybe they don't have the knowledge of how the book industry works or what, uh, maybe more importantly, what their contribution can be uh, through a book of their own. So uh, maybe we can start there. So obviously people know what a book is, but a lot fewer people know how to navigate the process where you have this idea for a book in your head and then you end up after a lot of things happen, uh, holding and and feeling the weight (laughs) of a finished book, your own finished book in your hands. And you have helped so many people navigate this process as their literary agent. We've done three books together to date. Um, So once somebody has that uh, initial idea for a book... Then where do they go? What what do they do? What like what is the very kind of next thing somebody needs to do to make that a reality? And how do agents fit into that picture? Well, Chris, we've done four books together so far. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so do you we've, can't, yeah, so we've actually had <laughs> Arden yeah. and I have this debate all the time. So three kind of traditional published bookie books, yes. um, and one Audible original, and one new bookie book on the way. Do you count the Audible original as a book? Should, Arden absolutely. counts it, but I'm always like, should I? I think absolutely because it's the okay. same. It's it's what we're going to talk about, right? It's it's how an agent helps guide you through that process. It's an actually mm. really interesting example. Um, you know, for us to talk about how we won't go too granular at this point, but an agent is the person who's making those decisions with you, right? Yeah. As a strategic part, uh, thought partner, yeah. we're, we're talking with you about, should this go to a traditional publisher? Should this be an audio original? What's your concept and what's the, what does the long-term look like for you? What's, what are the long-term goals? What do you want to do with this book? And then we find the best home for it. So just backing up, you know, broad strokes of what an agent does. If you want to get a book deal with a major house or a traditional publisher of any kind, really, most will rely on an agent to be the gatekeeper because otherwise publishers are just getting slushed, as you can imagine, something like 1 million books are published each year. And that excludes the self-published market. Publishers are just getting slushed with material, so they need trusted relationships whose taste they trust to identify the talent and then package it in a way that they can take to their editorial teams and say, let's invest in this. So that's that's the primary reason that you need to involve an agent in the first place. Agents work on spec, which means we don't get compensated unless you do, and that requires a ton of vision and blood, sweat, and tears to make that, um, you know, you really are sharing the vision with your author. You're really mm-hmm. in it together because you're basically an equity partner in it. Yeah. So that's an interesting dimension that many people don't know. Um, you know, Chris, I meet with so many writers who say they want a major deal or they even increasingly say, I'm thinking about self-publishing and tell me why I should traditionally publish and mm. what and what value you would lend in that it's not just being a broker. It's not just doing the deal and doing the contract. It's thinking about that larger career strategy. It's honoring the editorial vision of the author. It's being a therapist sometimes. Is there so much, as you well know, like there are just so many curveballs in every publishing journey and no one book looks the same. And you need someone to, to navigate you through that and to be there with you through it. Yeah. So we're we're doing all those things. It's kind of like the doula when you don't trust the doctor. You know, it's it, we've got to be 
you have to have an advocate for your interests and your editor works for a publisher. So that's a little different. Yeah. That, and I, I can't, I, I don't know a single author who doesn't have an agent. So it, it's, it is kind of, would, would you call it an essential part of the process? Like, have you heard of anybody who doesn't have an agent doing a traditionally published book? I'd imagine there'd be horror stories or something. You know what? So Mike McCallowitz is a friend and he interviewed for this um, book, Get Signed. And uh, he he works without an agent. He does his oh, own wow. deals. There are there are a few anomalies, but we joke all the time about you know. Well, here's what an agent could do for you. you know? So yeah. I, I think that I think it's really the exception rather than the rule. But um, but some people prefer to be you know a publisher themselves is is really the reality of it, and they want to go at it alone. Were you your own agent for this book? What a great question. This is this is part of the meta experience, Chris. I yeah. was my own agent for this book, and wow. I learned in that process. Gosh, I really wish I had an agent. <laughs> and you know, it was just so funny because I thought I know everything there is to do, but it is so difficult. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this, honestly, Chris. It's so difficult to advocate for your own interests when you're frustrated with something or you're struggling to understand something without an intermediary, you know, because you want to keep that relationship with your publisher really creative and great and strong. And you need someone looking after your interests. And I didn't, I didn't have that in my equation. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, It's so like, I I remember talking to uh, some, uh, some guy who ran a big ad, ad agency and he said, you know, the toughest client we've ever had for our agency has been ourselves because you don't also always have the perspective of what would appeal to people. You're so close to the metal. And yeah. so you don't have the perspective. And then the, I agree with the relationships. I mean, with the folks that we've worked with over the years who have been all, you know, incredible at Penguin Random House, I'm always kind of worried about stepping on toes, maybe more so than other people are. Um, and so I don't want to, you know, go head to head with somebody, or maybe it's not that way during a negotiation. And you're much closer to that process than I am. Um, but I, I, yeah, I want to preserve the creative freedom and have it be about the book rather than about the book deal because that's ultimately the end product. So it's, it's, so, it's such an interesting compartmentalization. And, you know, agents like usually take 15%. I, I think that's kind of standard. Um, and, you know, I, I can't imagine a better investment, <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> it, especially if there's some like, maybe like weird clause in the contract that completely skews things or, uh, or, or the agent can get you a better deal over time. Um, mm-hmm. I realize I'm speaking in generalities when I'm speaking with my agent at the same time, but it's, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's it. this, um, it, it's this, uh, I, I think it's, it's so essential. Yeah. There are just so many things that come up down the road, right? You need a partner. Yeah. You just need yeah. a partner like anything else, uh, you know, and, and, and author and agent complement one another. So I, I'm, I'm glad you're happy with your agent. That's yeah, great. I, I'm quite happy with my agent. Yeah. <laughs> but the relationships are important, Chris. You know, you're yeah. in Canada. I'm in New York. I've been here all my life. And I'm, you know, regularly, as, as other agents as well, you know, meeting with publishers, talking with them on the phone, hearing what they want. Um, and that proximity becomes really important. And mm-hmm. those, those years of relationships and, uh, you know, is it, it just can't be valued enough how much that means to getting yeah. a book deal. 
Yeah. So the process, you know, of us working together, it it was a bit different, I think, where, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of <laughs> sent an email and then we kind of had a conversation from that point. I think another author kind of um, introduced mm-hmm. you to my work back when. And, but that's not kind of, so th- this is something that, you know, I've never really had is the traditional like kind of uh, query letter where you reach out to agents. So maybe for uh, people's benefit, as well as my own, out of <laughs> curiosity, <laughs> what, what does that process look like? So you know, somebody knows. Okay, things flow through agents in this traditional book publishing world, and I have an idea for a book in my head, or maybe I want to write one down the line, or I'm incubating something. What, what's the bridge between that? It's the the query letter, right? That's right. Yep. Now, the whole flip of Get Signed is that you think it's about writing the query letter, but it's actually about writing, it's actually about creating the foundation for a great book that makes the query writing easy. Mm. So that's, you know, that's sort of a bigger picture we can get into. But the process to answer your question is you have the idea, and now you've got to write. If you're doing nonfiction, you have to write a full book proposal, which is an art in of itself out of the scope of the book, probably the follow-up book. Um, Or if you're a novelist, you've got to write a full manuscript. And and then in addition to that, you have to write the most important document, which is your pitch letter. That's, That's what we call the query letter. And you've got to send that out to agents who you probably don't know. You may not know. Um, And even if you do know them, you have to write a letter that's really captivating immediately because you have to imagine that just like Hollywood, you know, we're receiving thousands of queries a year and we need to quickly get what the value of your book is. Uh, So that's, yeah, the the query letter is very important to open that conversation. Cool. So yeah, you did, you did touch on this too. And I loved how in the book you don't just talk about how to you know get an agent and a book deal, but you also uh, talk about what makes a book great. Um, and we've shaped some books together. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what what advice would you give to potential authors out there about how to shape their ideas uh, in order to make them more uh, distinct and differentiate them from what else is out there? I thought you were going to ask me what makes my book my books great, as in you, Chris Bailey. Why and am I, I amazing, say, I, Lucinda? I was ready. I was ready <laughs> to start answering um, because, in ways, you're you're very much a model example, and you're actually, as you as you know, your story is featured in Get Signed because I think it's a really inspirational story. Um, you're loved the, loved you reading know, that. That's a fun yeah, ego well, trip. You're, you're a big you're an, a big ideas person. So when you talk about what um, what makes for a great book a book that matters and a book that editors and agents can spot easily as talent, as potential, as promise. For us, it does begin with that big idea. And what I mean by that is an idea that is both timely and timeless. Mm. So something that is has like a proven popular context, whether by way of titles like it that have been successful or a conversational trend. You know, you think of... Um, you think of how to how to train your how to calm your mind, and you think of the, the mental landscape, like the mental health landscape at that point, and even now, yeah. was really rich. Was really something that people wanted to explore and understand. That's what made for the timeliness factor of that book. 
we're talking about your book, right? Yeah. So just, just as an example. Um, but then you have the timelessness aspect, which is what are the perennial themes that carry on through, you know, through the test of time? Because publishers are interested in books that sell on the long tail, that have mm-hmm. you know, several years, many years in them, not just that one sort of flash in the pan success. So that's, you know, to me, that's the first equation that you need to do. And Get Signed has a lot of exercise. You know, it is supposed to feel more like a workbook in terms of channeling your personal idea so you can put it on paper and get the equation right for what an agent or an editor wants to see. Um, but that's that's where a big idea really begins. And, mm. you know, from there, it's why this book now? That's yeah. that's what the book itself has to prove, and that's definitely what your query letter needs to suggest. I love it. Um, so for, yeah, forget signed. Yeah. I, I think like why this book now? Instead of that, though, I think why hasn't this book existed? Because mm. I've I've wanted <laughs> to direct people somewhere. Because a lot of people, and Arden and I have talked about this on the pod before, um, where a lot of kind of family members and and friends, you know, they feel they have a book in them. And so they come uh, to me and ask for advice through the publishing industry and stuff. And there hasn't really been a a place to turn them to um, Mm -hmm. until now. Why do you think that is? Do you think agents are uh, kind of afraid to share these lessons of how to navigate the industry or what what do you think it is yeah isn't isn't it so funny to think about and you've just landed upon something that i think is really important and instructive which is if you're wondering why hasn't this book been written but but you yourself need the book or you know so many people who need the book that's a great clue that you're onto something Mm. that's a great clue to you know the fact that there is a gap in the market that you can fill with a book and that's what publishers really want to see um, so why hasn't someone done this before? Yeah. You know, as we were chatting a little bit about before we got on, there have been plenty of authors and coaches um, who have attempted books like this. There have been some definitive, you know, older classics like write the perfect pitch or the perfect, you know, book proposal. There's definitely a lot on craft. There isn't a contemporary what's the market looking for now? You know, how has it changed in a landscape where people are reading audio and digital and, Mm. you know, we're, we're absorbed with, with free content everywhere. You know, that's an aspect of the book. It's like, and it's certainly a challenge that agents face when we're taking something out, we don't want to hear, well, there's a lot of podcasts about this or there's free social media content where I read this in the news. It could be an article we have to make the case for why someone is going to spend now $30. That's like the going hardcover rate of 2024 yeah. for a product, for something that you've created that does not exist for free. So nothing has been written with that kind of timeliness, right? Um, in terms of agents not wanting to share the information, I'm not, I'm not so sure that they're trying to keep it close to the vest mm. so much as... I love to navigate new writers through this process. I love to teach. And then in the position of, you know, you and me, I love to learn from them. I love, I love seeing their careers transform to a point where we're just like riffing off one another and developing great, you know, stuff and sort of a more of a co-creative capacity. So, you know, I had to write a book like this because I want to find 
I want to find great people like you, you know, that's, that's the goal here. Aw, I feel all warm and tingly Am I being now. too flattering? No, <laughs> my capacity, please, my capacity to be flattered is uh, limitless. And so, please, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to need a, a meditation retreat after this to, to shrink my ego uh, once more. Uh, but uh, what, yeah. one, one other kind of thing, and I'm happy you write about this in the book as well, uh, that comes up a lot in publishing is this idea of an author's platform. Um, yeah. And you, you write in the book, and I'm happy you put it this way, that most writers don't go into the trade in order to be a self-promoter, though you know <laughs> some promotion obviously is necessary because you have this book uh, that you want to tell people about. So for those of us who are uncomfortable promoting ourselves, and I would include my own self in this mix, um, where my favorite part about writing a book is really connecting ideas in new and interesting and uh, ultimately helpful ways. You know, and then sharing it is kind of a necessary part about br- bridging that product to where it'll actually help people. Um, you know, what advice would you give about connecting with readers in a way that is authentic um, and would help a future book out, uh, but yet isn't this like over the top? Uh, self-promotional kind of vibe or, or ambition. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think our mutual friend Kate Flanders do, does this beautifully. Yeah, Actually, her yeah. story is also featured in the book. There's something about staying really authentic to who you are and who you want to be perceived as mm. and that vulnerability being genuine, right? I mean, social media doesn't want high gloss anymore. People really want to see you waking up in your bed, you know, unruffled, you know, totally like bedhead looking crazy and getting right onto an Instagram live. And that's been very, you know, to go back to the uncomfortable experience of becoming an author and having so much compassion, this has been a mega thing for me to learn. This is still something that I am struggling with, you know, the publicity of social media, all of the reverberations and engagement you're required and what level of self-promotion versus what level of, of value. So the basic guidance I give is this, figure out what I call my framework is the VCO, your voice, your content, and your offering. Mm -hmm. And the voice part is pretty simple. Voice is what every editor is looking for in any genre. If the, if the voice speaks to them, they can kind of make up for other reservations. Like you don't have a million TikTok followers or, you know, the writing isn't as great and crystallized as it needs to be. If they love the voice, that is so important. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where the marketing and book writing game begin. Um, then there's the content, you know, what are you going to talk about? And there should be sort of a, a scope for that content. Like, you know, maybe you're going to talk a little bit about your family, but you're really, if I were Chris Bailey, I'm going to really focus on productivity topics or mental health topics, or, you know, it's not, it's not all over the place. So the people know what to expect and they're following you for a reason. Um, and then it's about your offering. So again, VCO is a simple acronym for it. You know, what are you, what is your contribution? Why are you out there using your voice to contribute to content? Like what are people to come to you for? So needn't be a product, but should be a contribution of some kind, should be a differentiated contribution. And that aspect of being differentiated is what you need in your pitch. You know, um, 
that's, yeah, so that's sort of the, where we begin with marketing, but I do go into a lot more about it in GetSide. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good meat <laughs> in there. Um, one, one thing um, that I also wanted to ask you, just to go back to something that you mentioned a, a, um, a little while back, is um, there's also, you know, this decision that a lot of people make um, and probably struggle with as well of whether to publish a book traditionally, so through mm-hmm. uh, a traditional publisher or, uh, publisher, or whether to self-publish a book. Um, do you have any guidance that you think will be helpful for folks that are deciding between those paths and considering which one would be a better fit for them? Yeah, we actually have a whole article on this and a really helpful chart and what I can do, Chris, is I can share that with you and any of yeah. your listeners because um, I think it's a helpful tool. And it's based on what I've heard from publishers, right? Because we're always in conversation with them asking about what they're looking for in terms of platform. And that's always evolving to some degree. So to answer that question, a traditional publisher is relying on the concept or the author to bring out thousands of people. And as I think we touched on, it's very hard to get someone to just buy a book at $30 level. So imagine trying to convince a cold audience, completely new to you as an author, that you can you know, sell 40,000 copies or 20,000 copies or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, if, and it's hard to have that objective distance, I understand, in your book idea. But if that's not going to be evident in your submission you're probably going to be a better fit for self-publishing mm. if the media can't get behind it because there isn't that timeliness. There isn't what we call frontalist appeal, that um, you know, tip of the conversation, uh, almost news breaks for certain, for certain categories. And even in your category, Chris, like there, there are news breaks. There are unique takeaways that haven't been rendered quite the same way before. That's what media can get behind. So that's another sort of hint that you should be traditionally publishing. Um, self-publishing, if you have more of a niche topic or audience, uh, sometimes if you have like a massive online platform, but you know that you're going to require full financial and creative control, self-publishing can be a great option for you. There's no stigma to it anymore. And uh, I can also say that many authors we look for and have signed at Lucinda Literary self-published quite successfully and then came to us with that proof of concept and we were impressed. So that's always a consolation. People think that self-publishing is going to be the death of their career as an author and that is so not the case anymore. Hmm. Interesting. So final question for you. You got a lot going on. (laughs) You know, you got this uh, thriving literary agency, you wrote this great book uh, you have a, a, an incredible team. I, I can't say enough good things about the team you have over at Lucinda Literary. Um, and obviously, writing and publishing a book asks a lot of you in addition to all of this. So my final question for you is, is this. Throughout this process, this is a productivity question. Uh, what mm. strategies or tactics for productivity did you turn to to manage everything you had going on throughout this especially chaotic time? Mm. Well, I wish you'd prepare me for this question, but I also <laughs> love it because Chris, you know that I'm a productivity nerd to the you know yes. crazy yes. degree and we share that passion and I did learn a lot. So, 
you know, one thing I did, much to my chagrin, never thought I'd be a 5 a.m. riser. Oh, wow. Um, I did start waking up at 5. I'd have water with a lemon in it. You sort of have like your rituals. You know, you put your lemon in your water. You start stretching. Things when my mind wasn't awake yet, right? Yeah. And then I'd get into writing, and it could be either editing from the day before or doing fresh writing, I'd only have a limited amount of time before my kids have to get up, get to school. And then once I'm in the office, it's all about my clients. So that was the time that I found and carved out. And it only works if you have a really supportive sort of home environment, which I'm fortunate to have. Um, and a supportive team, yeah. as you said, you know, everyone in my agency was really behind this. Another thing is I used to be an early morning workout person, right? But I found that I had to replace that time with the writing and that by working out later in the day, I could actually extend my energy to do whatever work at night I wasn't able to accomplish during the day. Because of course it was just like a massively busy time and that continues. So the whole, my whole rhythms have changed in ways that my biological prime time, you know, this is all stuff I've learned from you. I wouldn't have thought it would work that way, but it's worked really, really nicely. Um, and time blocking, you know, you, you yeah. only give yourself a certain amount of time, you know, to, to write and be creative and then you come back to it. And deadlines, aren't deadlines like a wonderful thing? Oh, as amazing. I, I, you know, as an agent, we drive the deadlines. We tell editors in an auction when to submit their authors. We, uh, with their, with their offers, we um, talk to our writers about like, hey, can you get this to me in a week? We're not often given deadlines ourselves. So <laughs> I found that. So you've really got to be a self-starter to be an agent. This this was a really wonderful process of, oh, I've got a deadline on the calendar. Honey, you have to take the kids this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very different. Very different. The book. I, I, I love the, I, I love that idea of extending your energy for the day. That, that's awesome. The book is Get Signed, Find an Agent, Land a Book Deal, and Become a Published Author. The author, Lucinda Halpern and agent. She represents herself, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. You're the best.